Hi, I'm Nicola. And I'm Jay Percy. And welcome, welcome to, to the Afro Animist Podcast. We are two animists and spiritual practitioners exploring the secular through the spiritual, discussing life experiences through a sacred lens. Each week we share our experiences and dive deep into everything in life, from philosophy, metaphysics, obia, occultism, shamanism, culture, healing, nature, animism, the arts, pop culture, conspiracies, psychedelics and witchcraft. Nothing is off the table in these discussions which aim to get to the heart of what it means to be spiritual and Afro-diasporic in an increasingly sterile and authoritarian world. We keep it real whilst exploring the biggest mysteries of our multiverse. Join us holding this space to laugh, cry, debate, build community and tear down oppressive structures. Welcome, 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 beautiful, beautiful beings of the multiverse to a very special episode of the Afro Animus podcast. Um, today, we are going to be talking all about the winter season. We're going yeah. to be talking about Christmas, Yule, solstice, just birth and rebirth stories that center around this time of year. Um, because it is particularly festive, so we thought we'd do a particularly festive episode. Uh, Nikki, jingle bell sounds here. Okay, I'll try and figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) To compensate for the lack of Christmas decorations that are, like, around. (laughs) (laughs) Just a flurry of something, I don't know. Fun cut. (laughs) It might just be now us waving crazily. Probably. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So. So, what is your favorite thing about this time of year? This Christmassy time of year. My birthday. Of. <laughs> okay. Yes. Probably the best day in the year, if I'm honest. It is just definitely a- the best day of the year. Just to let all you lovely listeners know out there, it's the 12th of the 12th. Oh, well, you guys will have missed my birthday, but I can totally drag on my birthday month until January. So birthday gifts. Month. I have gifts. a birthday month too. <laughs> you did have a birthday gifts, month. Gifts, please. <laughs> but you also got married in your birthday month. You did a lot of exciting things in your birthday month. Technically, I got married the day before my birthday month, so that doesn't count. This is true. I was thinking about it more astrologically, like star yeah, yeah. sign wise. I got I got <laughs> married in Cancer season. My birthday yes. is in Cancer season. Yeah, there you go. Depending whether I do um, sidereal or the more common one we use in the West. What one's that called? Trop- tropical. Tropical. I'm. I'm cancer in both, as far as I'm aware. Yes, you are cancer in both. And in, oh gosh, I don't have your chart with me. Oh my God, where's my dossier? Um, <laughs> the dossier. <laughs> but you do have, you've got in your sidereal, you have your rising and your sun in cancer. And I do in tropical as well. That's so mental. Yeah, I'm heavily cancerian. You are. Which I'm is- Christmas in July. You are Christmas in July, babes. You are. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, Sagittarius over here. Sagittarius or Ephucus or Scorpio, depending on what chart you're looking at. I don't know. Is anyone... Really? Yeah. So in my tropical, I'm uh, obviously Sagittarius, sun, Capricorn rising, and Virgo moon. 
which kind of which you know does make sense um but there's been times when I've kind of struggled with that and I think it doesn't a thousand percent make sense and then in tropical I am oh sorry not tropical in sidereal I am a fucus sun which is the 13th sign Mm -hmm. and it is between like I don't know I don't know like December 9th or something to the 14th or 5th something like that it's a very small chunk it's not a massive constellation um so yeah so I'm a fucus sun I'm Sagittarius rising which I actually think makes more sense and um Leo moon I think so it's quite different Leo moon yeah fascinating and then in Vedic astrology, I'm essentially would be a Leo sun, which is no, which is oh. equivalent called Parva Falguni, I think, which is, yeah, my Vedic. Yeah. It's very confusing. Like, I've literally been emailing people on Instagram. Sorry if you're one of those people yeah. going, so can you explain this thing to me about, I see that you do this astrology and I just don't really understand. It's, there's just so many like schools of thought about it um, and different ways to do it. I mean, I do, I do love sidereal because of the you know it follows the procession of the equinox essentially so it follows the movement of the stars so we are so sidereal astrology is based on what the stars actually look like now like what they're saying now whereas tropical is um to my understanding it's about i don't know how many maybe two thousand years behind or something like that like that so they haven't moved um the you know everything's still in the same place essentially which it isn't because the universe is expanding and everything's moving um but you know there's a um I think there's definitely a place for both I just find that with the sidereal stuff like for prediction and transits and all that kind of thing well I really sound like I know what I'm talking about I don't um (laughs) I just find it I find it more on point like there's this this company that I've been on their mailing list for like a decade called industro.com and they're a vedic uh, astrologers and seriously they send me emails like every month just about what's going on in relation to my chart just like a little thing and every month I'm like how did you know like they predicted the whole pandemic (laughs) like seriously the shit they're saying about the end of this year has got me kind of scared because what are they saying they're saying like basically from October to March is a difficult I'm not sure if this is just it isn't just my chart I think it does affect me greatly but it's like a difficult a difficult six months because of all the retrogrades all that kind of stuff but they're also saying that there's oh I should have I need to look this up I will bring the proper information for you Jay but it's like they're saying something like over the next few months like basically there's some alignments that happened a couple of years ago and those alignments were to, were, were the COVID alignments essentially and like the war alignments and all that kind of crazy shit so there's something else that's about to hit according to these guys oh for god's sakes I know babes but honestly ofs like look we at the thing one year of peace no of course not this, this is humanity babe <laughs> this is humanity <laughs> Like, think about it. Do you not have this feeling, though, like that? Like, if you think about this year, obviously, we all got launched back into life. You know, there was no, you're not allowed to stay at home anymore. (laughs) So that was, that's a big thing. But then, like, obviously, the the war in Ukraine, loads of crazy shit is happening. All of the politics and all the stuff that's happened, even just in the UK, like, all of these kind of crumblings, things falling down, these mass changes. I feel like we're literally right now, I feel like the, uh, the pandemic was the start of this mass change of society that's happening and I don't know 
that I'm not going to give you a timeline, but it makes sense to me that over the next short period of time, shit gets even more real in certain aspects. Yeah, okay. So I completely, I completely get that. Um, I have been having this like undercurrent feeling of the mm. universe is feeling a little shaky at the moment. Yes. Like timelines are crumbling, empires are crumbling, mm-hmm. um, a lot's being pulled out from under your feet if you're not staying very, very focused. If you um mm-hmm. Yeah, if you think about the absolute mess that 2020 and 2021 was, we're now getting revelations about the stuff that they told us then. It was like, oh, yeah, we we weren't able to prove that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was very much pushed as, you know, you're a demon if you don't adhere to certain things. Mm-hmm. And now it's being revealed that, you know, oh, yeah, no, we actually didn't test that, by the way. Oh, we didn't. We didn't model that by the way we didn't we don't actually have the scientific backing behind that by the way we just kind Mm -hmm. of said it Mm -hmm. so yeah um and the fact that we've got now a revolving door on number 10 downing street (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) my my husband's actually convinced that and i i think it's totally i think it's beyond plausible that at the moment they're looking to crash sterling so they can introduce mm-hmm. um a digital version of the currency so then that way they can track every transaction that you make because I mean, 2020 and 2021 was the test run mm-hmm. and that's they'll be able to take keep better tabs the amount of money that they lose in terms of taxes for like drugs and other crimes they're not able to get that money well, they would be able to get that money if they just legalize this shit but they'd much rather keep us they'd much rather keep us in a a lower state of consciousness than doing these things that will actually benefit the country and us long term anyway Mm. we digress this isn't very Christmassy (laughs) I mean I think we'll all be thinking about this stuff around Christmas I tell you what on Christmas day I guarantee my family is going to be talking politics. Like, what What do you talk about at Christmas? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> the politics talk at Christmas dinner. Do you know what my 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 whole MO during that is? Drink yeah. drink some Bucks Fizz or some mm-hmm. mulled wine. Like, copious amounts. Copious amounts to numb out everyone else's bullshit. And just go, ah, that's a really interesting opinion. How did you come to that? <laughs> <laughs> Jay, you you should come to you should come to, you should come to Christmas at my mum's house because my family are all fabulous lefty liberals and they love to cut off the government. It's fun. <laughs> it's actually fun. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that I'm actually really really happy about because I don't really know many people my age whose parents like have the same opinions of as they do about yeah shit like so that fills me with you know it's good but you know we like as english people i'm just going to be honest about this like we communicate through complaint it's just like culturally yeah, we do. how we do it's it culturally ingrained it's culturally ingrained. self-deprecation exactly. communicating yep. through complaint grumbling mm-hmm. how's it things going oh, i'm fine thanks however these bad things have been happening we don't it, it would be 
too too violently American to go in at Christmas Day and go, life has been great. I don't I care know. about the government that we have in place. My life is going brilliantly. Look how successful I am. You would be but... you would be rejected. You would be rejected from English society for Ooh, bigging yourself she's a bit up. up herself, isn't she? Yeah. Gosh, what she's she's happy that her life is good. What a fucking bitch. Back off with that. Like yeah. <laughs> we're gonna change this. Okay, I'm gonna complain less in 2023. Kind of. <laughs> It depends on what. Yeah, it depends we, on what we're definitely going to be doing a whole episode around resolutions and stuff. But I do, I want to grumble less in 2023. I want to complain less about things. Um, and I just want to accept things as like, the earth is a bit of a shitty realm. And that is just, that is just this planet. And do you know what? It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Because everyone's going through it, babes. You're not alone. <laughs> no, but I'm with you. And I feel like, look, it's about making the space in your life so that you have more stuff that you don't want to complain about than like you do want to complain about. There'll always be something to complain about. I'm not going to lie. I probably will always complain about something, but absolutely, there is so, I think 2023 is a year of recognizing the good things for sure. Like even this year, to be honest, Jay, like it's been, it's been a full on year. For me, yeah. I just know we we all know it's been a full on year for you. It's also been a very full on year for this me. This has been a full on year for right. you too. Yes, <laughs> just like lots of ups and downs. But like, but you know, if I'm truly honest and I look back, even amongst those like super crazy difficulties, this is probably one of the better years of my life because of the actions that I have taken for myself, and almost like that kind of like the prep space. Okay, like the t- grind of 2022 I know means that 2023 is going to be they'll still be grinding but it's going to be a fucking dream like I'm yeah. really I'm actually really excited to move into next it's year like 2022 has been a gestation period for you and it's been a bit like mm. messy and putting things together and pulling things apart mm-hmm. however it means that in 2023 you'll have a uh hopefully a beautiful new year that isn't started by either wildfires or wars or the new prime minister at my house at my mum's house i'm telling you it's gonna it's gonna none of that stuff is gonna happen at my mum's house so it's fine we'll move in to 2023 in a good way um do you have any christmas traditions that you have with your family that you do each year um and are there any traditions that you have that feel a little like unexplained because perhaps other people don't do this Mm, no not a single one (laughs) apart from apart from nut roast I don't know if you guys have nut roast I think actually now people do but like 20 years ago when I was saying I was having nut roast for Christmas dinner people were like a nut roast I'm like yeah my family's they're vegetarian people didn't understand it your family are vegetarian well my mum's my mum's a vegetarian what yeah did you I know she's a vegetarian kind of I I'm super I'm super funny about meat you know this like I I am a meat eater but if it's on the bone or any no bruv I cannot do that I'm not eating a chicken wing none of that shit um so when you mom, go to Nando's you're eating like chicken breasts or their thighs you're may, not eating their maybe quarter chicken mm, no I don't like those boneless thigh things man it's got all the like all the fat in it like all the like stringy skin, all that. I can't deal with it. Yeah, I should just be a vegetarian, but I can't bother. 
Um, <laughs> no, that isn't true. That isn't true. I no, I've gone through being vegetarian, being vegan, and like I just listen to what my body tells me it wants to eat. So when I was when I was actually vegan, I um I was really sick. Like I had five I was I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and I was in bed for a very long time. I had a couple of years where I really couldn't do anything. And during that mm. time I started dreaming of eating I'm sure I said this before on here. I started dreaming of eating Probably. like Fred Flintstone dinosaur fucking like legs yeah. of meat on the boat is massive like I'm having these dreams where I'm just going and I was like okay maybe it's time to eat some meat yeah. Nikki because you're not dreaming of fucking lentils that's for sure your body is telling you <laughs> what it wants and you know it just was yeah. because I think I wasn't able to take care of myself in the way you would need to in this country to be a vegan like when I was that unwell yeah. so for me mm. extreme diets are never a good thing um, I am I very wonder, obsessive. I do often wonder if mm. veganism would be a lot easier if you're living closer to the equator where you've got all of those tropical fruits that are really nourishing coming from like volcanic ground. Like the fruit and veg mm-hmm. you get here is like nutrient void. Well, let me tell you a story, babes. Several years ago, when I was in my 20s, I went along to a ceremony um, yeah. and <laughs> the shaman, basically there was like this woman there who was a raw vegan and um she had a couple of kids and they had been raw vegans their entire like raw vegans their entire life like these kids had never eaten warm food just for a moment Wow! and they live in england okay they don't live in Um, the tropics they live in the cold fucking ass of england right um, and she was there, I remember in the middle of the ceremony, hearing her talking to the shaman and going like, you know, oh, I just, you know, we're f- I'm just never feeling okay. And didn't she was talking about her stuff and like, you know, the shaman just literally turned around to her and went, look, you need to cook your food. You can't be a raw vegan <laughs> living in this country. When it's cold, yeah. you need to eat warm food. Eat warm and food. for your children yeah. you need to consider if they need to sometimes eat meat. And I think like, yeah. you know, this is this is a big conversation that I don't think we need to go into today. Um I feel like there is space for all of these diets, but I feel like anything that you do that's extreme can push your body out of whack. I think you have to pay attention to everything like your genetics, the place you live, the quality of the food that you can get. Like, you know, so for me, I don't I don't have a garden so I don't grow any of my own food right now like I can't do that so I'm I you know it's the limit of what you can find like how nutrient dense the food that's around you you can find like how also how how much time you have can you can you cook it can you support yourself in that way and I wasn't always Mm. able to um I do also really like feel I feel like country is really important. I feel like, you know, your genetics are important, but I also feel like like where you live. If I lived in, like when I go somewhere tropical, I don't want to sit down and have like a big roast dinner. Like that isn't what I want to eat. I want to eat salads Whenever I go to the Caribbean, and, I want to eat mm, salad and fruit. Yeah, fruit, tons and tons it. of fruit. I'll eat pineapple, mangoes, you know, whatever tropical fruit they have there. I will spend my time eating that as opposed exactly. to like a big like you said, roast dinner or like a chunk mm. of steak. I'm just not feeding mm-hmm. it. I just feel like I need fruits. Yeah, exactly. So I just, yeah, you know. So my mum is, she is a vegetarian and she's a vegetarian. She's basically just gave me all of her funny things. Like when she was 16, <laughs> she went to KFC and she bit into the chicken burger and it had like some gristle in it. And that was, she stopped eating meat from that day. She's never had one bit of meat. 
Like, <laughs> I um, did something similar with a chicken burger, and I didn't go vegetarian at the time, but the chicken burger in McDonald's, I bit into it. It was grizzly, and I was just like, no. And I did not eat chicken for like a hot minute. And, you know, I wasn't raised to eat beef or red meat. So it was basically just like, yeah, I got really funny with food after that point, actually. It's hard, isn't it? When you like a bit of a takeaway, but then you have to trust other people (laughs) to make the food. (laughs) You can't can't trust that. So for Christmas, you would have a a nut roast and that would be like, you wouldn't have a turkey at the table. You'd have a nut roast. We don't have turkey, man. Turkey's dry. We have a nut roast and a chicken. When my granny was alive, we had some gammon, but we don't do the gammon anymore. When your granny was alive, did you do any of like the midnight mass things? Would you go to like church? Because I know she was Catholic. Would you do midnight mass or like I the don't... nativity plays, that kind of thing? I mean, we all did nativity plays. Like I did nativity plays at school, but <laughs> not with church. I don't remember, if I'm honest, if we went. I feel like we may have gone to a midnight mass or two and we may have gone. I think my church had like a a different Christmas mass, like a different time, which is where I may be in my head. Like, like it was at eight o'clock. It wasn't at midnight on Christmas Eve or something like that. Do you know what I mean? So I'm a bit confused, yeah. but like, um, no, honestly, oh, it's actually quite sad thinking back now because I cannot really remember Christmas with my grandmother. Like I can remember specific memories about things, but not like that kind of thing. Like, what did we do in that way? And we didn't really have, we don't have any specific traditions like um that we would do but as an adult I I do personally so with my with my partner like we would maybe celebrate a little bit differently so how would that what would that celebration look like it would look more like woohoo it's solstice let's do solstice instead of Christmas (laughs) I just um so when we first you know started doing Christmas together we would um on like the 21st so whenever the solstice was we would that's when we would like share our presents with each other it's when we'd share our um our feelings and stuff of the year before and it was just I just felt like there was more space for me to create the vibration I wanted on solstice than on Christmas day because Christmas day for me I feel like anywhere in this country and I think for most people like unless you are heavily religious Christmas day is just like a capitalistic fucking Oh, like it's just commercial drain. bullshit commercial bullshit yeah and it's so stressful and I find it really stressful but I do also recognize the time of year and this you know this important change in the seasons that's happening the the longest night um and for me like uh creating my celebrations around that vibration was important to do so I wasn't just like stuck in the Christmas like Christmas presents fucking nut roast whatever we're actually there we had and we used to have a like a stove so we would we would light there's something that you can do I actually saw this in Sabrina a little while ago as well and I was like oh my god all the witches know (laughs) um so you can like light a um like if you've got a fireplace it's really good to light a fire over over that night um of solstice because it kind of it keeps the it keeps you protected, basically. Nothing can come down the chimney. Keeps the ghoulies at bay. Yeah. Keeps the duffies yeah. away. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love that. T-shirt. That's going on T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Do you have any, like, things that you celebrate specifically? 
Well, growing up, I was Christian Church of England, but my mum decided that we weren't Christians anymore when my granddad died when I was 11. But we would, I think a couple of times after that, we did go to midnight mass upon my request. Because as much as you probably heard here before, I I don't really like churches. um, Midnight mass for me always felt like it had a different energy. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the smell of the frankincense. Um, I love the Christmas hymns. Um, because probably because it's less like he died for our sins and it's more like this is new life this is new beginnings this is a new start this is um recognizing um a new a new spiritual season Mm -hmm. I really liked going into midnight mass so we did that a couple of times but you know she wasn't up for it every year um (laughs) and um in primary school actually going way way back we would do these like christingle ceremonies and i think a lot of primary schools church of england primary schools in the uk do this where you get like an orange and then you get a red ribbon and you tie it around the orange and then you put four sticks into it representing the four seasons and then there are like sweets and raisins on each of the sticks stuck in, and there's a candle stuck in the top and it's Aww. called christingle and you hold it and you sing your little Christingle, Christingle, shine out in the night. <laughs> All those little like hymns. Aww. It was really sweet. And you would, um, that for me, that felt very freaking pagan. This idea yeah. of representing the seasons. And it's like, yeah, the light represents Jesus and the blood represents the blood he shed on the cross. It's like, ah, uh-uh, this feels pagan as shit. This is fruit with candles stuck into it. This is great. This is some good stuff. So that was a really fond memory from like Christmas growing up. And uh, yeah, Christmas, we would always have a, oh, it was really annoying. My younger brother at some point had said to my mum, it makes sense if we eat breakfast before we open presents on Christmas morning. Ah, I was like, ah, what kind of child are you? That's so weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he would have been like 10 or younger Jeez. when he suggested this. And my mum was just like, that's a really good idea. So <laughs> we had I still fight first. to open presents first. <laughs> I'm like, why would ah. we wait? The planting's cooking. No, we, we, open some presents. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have the we'd have breakfast first, and then open presents, and um, then I would get to cooking Christmas dinner because I would be the one who would cook Christmas dinner each year. Because each year, Mum would threaten to go to a restaurant, and I'd be like, "No, we're supposed to have Christmas dinner at home with the family." So I'd end up mm-hmm. cooking it, which, in retrospect, seems like a ruse. Seems like I was conned into cooking Christmas dinner from about the age of nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need that payment of retribution back. <laughs> I'm just like, but what um, nine year old can cook Christmas dinner? I'm fucking impressed, babe. I could not have done that. Uh, <laughs> one year, I think as a teenager, I made a turducken, which is a pheasant stuffed in a duck, stuffed in a turkey. And then I made about this... four different stuffings. It was Babe, really... this is that's some Tudor shit. Like seriously, <laughs> like how the old kings used to eat. Best... <laughs> <laughs> I was an older teenager when I did this, and it was probably the best Christmas dinner that I think I've ever made. Um, yeah, 
it was great. It was really good. Um, but as I've, you know, embraced my witch, it come into the witchier side of things, you know, I'd always, always, always make sure I did a private blessing to myself on solstice, recognizing it solstice, but away from the family because they of course didn't know. But now I'm an awesome proud witch. Um, <laughs> last year, my husband and I discussed like, what would it look like when we do eventually have kids? Because I'm not particularly fussed about Christmas Day, December the 25th being a celebrated holiday. I'd much yeah. prefer it being the 21st, the solstice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what that would look like. And I think gift giving would go on then and the special meal would go on then, whereas the 25th would maybe be just visiting people's families or yeah. um, visiting our family and going to other people's houses maybe it'd be more of that um so this year it's definitely um I think this is it's going out today on solstice isn't it so mm-hmm. it's um um going to be more of a uh, a more solstice celebration um okay. now we've probably said the word solstice a million times um and a solstice is um it's a marking um, depending on whether you're in the northern or the southern hemisphere um, you'll have winter solstice and is it spring summer no summer summer solstice summer you have spring spring and autumn equinox yes which means equal night and then you have winter and summer solstice which um i know the first part of the word sol meaning sun i don't know what the second part actually means i don't know I don't know. I, I'm not an etymologist. No. <laughs> <laughs> but You're yeah, but the solstice. Yeah. It will be, you know, you can think about solstice as like the longest day and the longest night. Yeah. So, you know, also, so the summer solstice is, it's, it's actually, I'm quite confused about this. And I've always been confused about it. And every year I research. Summer solstice is the longest day. Yeah, no, no, it's the longest day. And winter is the longest night. But there was some, there's yeah. something um there's something about how we mark seasons where the the solstices and the equinoxes are important but i feel like the way that we mark seasons meteorologically meteor you know the word um meteorologically you said it correctly it's just a horrible word (laughs) (laughs) it creates like an issue with the solstices i'm not sure so in my brain you know like spring solstice is essentially Mm -hmm. like kind of like the start of spring but actually we're kind of into spring by then so winter solstice is essentially like midwinter. I used to think of it like, yeah. okay, this is when winter begins, but winter solstice is midwinter and summer solstice is midsummer. So when the sky is at the okay. highest point in the sky and winter when it's, you know, the longest point. So we're, so, you know, today, while you're listening to this amazing episode of the Afro Animus podcast, I'm sure it's really dark outside and I'm really glad we're here to give you comfort on this longest night. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's a beautiful time, actually, because obviously after the solstice, then no matter what the like humans have decided to do with putting the clocks back and forward and fucking us up like that, like after the solstice, the days start to get longer again. Um, and I really feel that change. Like I can really feel like this, um, almost like on the way into solstice, I just feel myself kind of getting smaller and just wanting to like curl up and like not move and then once that bubble kind of bursts at solstice I start to feel like I can begin to birth like the new ideas and things to walk into the new year so I feel like you know if you you think about it like that 
obviously we we think about Christmas and then a week later we've got New Year's um but for me my New Year starts on the 21st or the 20 whenever the whenever that will fall on of the year so um and then it's that you've got that period of time where you for me anyway you can kind of you're you're in a rest phase you know probably not much work is going on so you can kind of begin to build um the story you want to live for the next year and then walk in for me I walk I, I like to walk in January 1st like doing exactly why want the rest of the year to look like which I know is what most of us do but that is the one day of the year I'm gonna get up at 6 30 I'm gonna do my yoga my breathing <laughs> three hours of chanting I'm gonna like make an amazing meal start as you mean to go on start as you mean to go all on all of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> basically yeah I think the on the 31st of December this year I'm gonna be on a plane so that will be oh. um <laughs> That's how I want the year to be started. Babes. <laughs> Just jet setting and traveling. Okay, I've looked up now the etymology of solstice. It's quite fascinating. Okay. Um, sol, like I said before, sun in Latin. And um, then it comes from the still, stis part comes from Latin. Sistere, which moved into stit, which means stopped or stationary. Um, and then the word in Latin became solstitium. Sol which means sun stop or sun stationary. Oh, oh how interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, whereas equin- equinox, it's a lot more obvious what it is. Equi mm-hmm. meaning equal, nox meaning night. Equinox mm-hmm. equal. I night. mean, well, you say that's obvious, but only if you speak Latin, and most of us don't, babes. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was not fortunate enough to go to a Catholic school that taught Latin. Um, do, you, yeah, do you think you'd like to learn it? To one of those. Yeah, totally. It's spell casting language, isn't it? Babes, yeah. I mean, Latin, Aramaic, I feel like holds mm. some keys. Yeah. I was obsessed with that. When I was about 14, I was like, I have to learn Aramaic. I have to learn Aramaic. I have to learn it. Really? Yeah. yeah and then I, st- but I started learning Mandarin instead because I also really wanted to... <laughs> you know be a ninja well obviously that's Japanese but I wanted to go over to China I wanted to train properly as a Shaolin monk and do all of that kind yeah. of stuff but anyway so again that. we digress okay. well I tried <laughs> to learn Mandarin I did try to learn Mandarin but you know this is back in the day before YouTube was really a thing people so I know that may be hard to imagine you couldn't just find everything on YouTube I bought a CD yeah. and I'd be sitting there in my room going boo ba boo she <laughs> that's it that's all I can remember do you know what um if I ever get background to refreshing the brain on it we can learn together oh I would love to so we've explained what a solstice is and um across the world across the globe um the northern hemisphere mainly this time of year because this time of year south of the equator it will be their summer solstice so they're reversed to us because we're now not getting the sun, but they're getting all of the sun and then it flips each year or each um, solstice rather. Each year. <laughs> so there are loads of different ways that this is celebrated around the world. Um, so this was observed in ancient Mesopotamia. Um, it was observed um, the Hopi by the Hopi of um, Southern USA. Um, Roman Saturnalia 
Um, you know, they had a whole festival around hailing the planet Saturn, the god Saturn, um, which I think is, is quite fascinating that really it was Christianity that got rid of Saturnalia mm-hmm. and then that became sort of syncretized. So they were already in Rome celebrating this spirit, uh, this celebration around this time of year where um, they were celebrating the planet Saturn and then Christianity came in and sort of said, no, we're going to be celebrating Jesus because this is when he was born, when technically it's thought that he was actually born around April. Oh, is it? So really, I thought it was yeah, September. So this, Who knows? We get told all <laughs> kinds of, <laughs> he was born here, he was born there, blah, 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 yeah. blah. But um, the reason we celebrate Christmas around this time of year is actually because of the way the Romans celebrated solstice. Um, so in, do you in know? Iran, go on. I was just going to ask. Do you know about Saturnalia, the festival of Saturnalia? I know it was a pretty like um, a celebration at the ends of harvest. Essentially, it's the end of the year and then harvest has already happened. You have all of these stores and you're just like eating to sickness. That's as okay. much as I know. Yeah, about in my Are brain. Are you familiar with Saturnalia? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. OK, so this is where I'm like, mm, do I know this or has somebody spoken to me about some kind of conspiracy shit? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so for the Romans, this was a time to celebrate the ancient harvest of God. And this is coming from solstice.lady.com. Um, okay. So it was the ancient harvest god, Saturn. So I got something right there. Um, Saturn had been the king of gods in far of the myth, in a far-off mythical past. Before mm-hmm. Jupiter and the Olympians, it was believed that in Saturn's time, there had been a golden age where everyone was equal, everyone was deserving and no one wanted for a thing. Um, it was a time of peace on earth and goodwill to all men. When Saturn was overthrown by his son Jupiter, this golden era came to an end. In Saturn's temple, he was shackled or bound by a length of wall to show that God no longer held influence over the world. But every year on December 17th, the priests of Saturn would go to the statues where they would solemnly remove the binding from around the gods' ankles. This act symbolised their intention to release the power of the god. Um, then the priests would step out onto the steps of the temple where they would shout, Your Saturnalia, hail to Saturn. And thus the festival would begin. Statues and dwellings were festooned with greenery in tribute to the agricultural god representing his power of renewal. Fires were lit, lamp and candle to hold off the lurking dark spirits. Uh, This Mm. is quite interesting. People filled the streets Mm. wearing masks or blacking their faces. Probably a hold over from the Babylonians seeking Tammuz in the streets during their 12-day festival. Little Mm. masks of the gods of intoxication, Bacchus, um, were hung on trees. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so that that, that this, the, sorry, no, continue. No, no, continue. This is <laughs> I'm so interesting. <laughs> um, uh, children were given small clay dolls representing the sacrifices that were once made to Saturn to assure the fertility of the land. Soon, the exchange of gifts began. The wealthy were urged to give gifts of clothing or food to their less fortunate friends. Those who had less gold but might be wealthy of wit were encouraged to write a piece to entertain or enlighten their friends. So it was really just a, f- a festival of like, if I had 
more than I'd give to my friends. My friends had less, they would entertain and it would, it, it feels like a really like indulgent festivity. Mm. Um, no wars were fought during Saturnalia. Any wars that the Romans were engaged in were brought to a temporary halt while Saturn ruled the land. Schools were closed. No banking or business was to be conducted. Indeed, the only people who were allowed to work were the cooks who supplied the lavish banquets. All celebrants would don a red peaked cap called the Peleus, which was a symbol of a freed man. Ah, oh, we have the Santa hat. Ah. ah. So a red, so I peaked cap. That's, that's really fascinating, actually. That's so fascinating. That's so interesting. Because I've also heard these stories of mm. Santa, uh, if you're fam- familiar with like Amanita muscaria, the mm-hmm. traditional Disney mushroom that's red with white dots on it, that is thought that that was, it's, it's the myth of Santa is based around this mushroom because this mm-hmm. mushroom only um, appears at a certain point of the year. From October, and then guys. it quickly it's goes into height. yeah so it quickly goes into hiding and um there are whole like myths and rituals around this where Mm. um it was created into like a drink and it was drunk around this time of year um so another thought is that the idea of santa and his red comes from Mm -hmm. this amanita muscaria yeah and that the reindeer so the whole flying reindeer thing as well is about that because obviously reindeer one of the things that you know, um, Amanita muscaria grows all over the Northern Hemisphere, especially in these kind of like, you know, UK or Norway, those kind of like slightly colder places. Um, and the reindeer, reindeers eat it. It's one of their favourite They do. When I've gone foraging for it, you can actually, mm. I, as I've walked into like areas, you can see the little muntjac deer, like see that yeah. you're there and like scurry off. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, this year, all of the ones that I've seen have been nibbled at. <laughs> I was like, wow, the animals are like <laughs> on it this year, boy. Um, <laughs> I own their tits this year. <laughs> I own their tits. <laughs> but um, also, so about the drink and the drinking of it, it's very interesting. This is just like, it's not necessarily specifically to do with Christmas, but the Druids apparently over here would get little boys to eat the mushrooms because obviously they are highly toxic. And then mm. they would drink the wee from the little boys so that they okay. wouldn't have any negative effects and then just get the psychoactive effects. Lovely. People boys. are fucked up. I know, people are fucked up, man. <laughs> All through history. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, please. Just don't do we, that. This is not an instruction. This is <laughs> not good. We don't no, do just, these things. Just don't, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Just and Father Christmas is red because of Coca-Cola. So, just putting no, that one out. No, that's there as an well. urban legend. That Are you being serious? Urban legend. Apparently, what? yeah, I was told. Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's green, and then Coca Cola branded him red, and now he's red. No, that's a bit of an urban legend. Um, actually, the thought is that the red goes back to Amanita muscaria, and now reading this with the Saturnalia hats, even that sort of feels that makes like a sense. pointy hat. That yeah. Also, a pointy hat being a hat of a free per. What did you say? It was a free person. A free person, yeah. Again, let's just think about witches' hats here. Let's just think about this pointy hat thing, and what yeah. and that representation. I've I haven't heard that before. 
Um, yeah. But it's a very interesting, it's very interesting because obviously if you put any kind of pointy hat, I would almost always assume was a witch's hat. I just feel like culturally now, and that's yeah. what you would think. You would associate so, yeah, it with, yeah. You'd associate it. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's one way that Christmas has been celebrated in the past. I think... I say Christmas. I'm using Christmas as a really loose term here to me. Like mm-hmm. the holidays that happen, the celebrations that happen around this time of year. I obviously do not mean Chris Christ Mass, the Mass yeah. of Christ. Mm-hmm. I, like I'm not Christian. I don't align or adhere. No. To that. But what are you serious? <laughs> oh really? I'm just surprised <laughs> you didn't know. How have you not known? Um, what I think is a really fascinating celebration. And this is an African-American celebration. I mean, specifically African-American, not African diasporic, African-American. So around the time of the civil rights movement in the 60s and 70s, um, it was sort of observed that all of the other cultures of the world had their own sort of winter celebration. And of course, African-Americans being displaced, not having their cultural heritage, didn't have a celebration. And so in 1966, um, Dr. Molana um, Karenga developed the holiday of Kwanzaa, and Kwanzaa means first fruits. It's a Swahili word. Um, so it developed an important seasonal holiday. Um, so that could be celebrated um, among the African diaspora within the United States. So each day of Kwanzaa, a candle is lit to ignite. So they have like a, a candle arbor. Um, it's called a kinara and it has um, what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven candles. And between December the twenty sixth and January first, a candle is lit um, on each day to represent a certain principle. Um, and you've got red, green, and black candles. Red symbolizes the struggle for freedom. Green um, speaks for the future and hope for tomorrow. And um, black representing. Um, um, sorry, black representing the African people. Um, so you have seven different principles. Um, you have self-determination, collective economics, creativity, unity, faith, purpose, and collective work and responsibility. Um, and each one is lit to remember the people that came before. And, um, you know, it's invoking the memory of ancestors and to remind of lessons that have been handed down. And I think it's really beautiful that this African-American holiday had been created um, Mm -hmm. to, you know, give thanks and give reverence. And while I won't be celebrating Kwanzaa because it's an African-American holiday, I do feel like there's going to be something similar I'm doing to mark the solstice this year in terms of... um, you know, giving reverence to my ancestors and thinking about the principles that I want to take forward with me into my new year from my home, my family. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I, that's that's so beautiful. Because I don't, obviously being English, you don't really know much about it. I don't really know much about Kwanzaa. But I think, yeah. you know, creating something that is representative of you for this time, for anything actually, like just because something is a tradition or something's done doesn't mean that you should do it. I feel like it's, you know, so important for us to find things that make sense for you. If something is missing, 
you know, then create that and put that in for you and your family and your people because um, there are special energies around, you know, this is this is the point. It's like, it's not just a day that, you know, we've swapped over celebrating things. It's because of what's actually happening. It's because of what's happening uh, astrologically, what's happening on the earth at those times, like with our seasons, everything. And I think, you know, again, I think I've said this before, I feel like it's really important as humans, especially in the way our society goes where we actually don't have breaks we just keep going all through the year you know to Mm. to recognize that these seasons create changes or are there to to and if you can sit with the season a little bit then you can actually maybe have a little bit of an easier time at that time of year like we are totally connected to the macrocosm around us so everything that's going on Mm. is affecting you whether or not you're aware of it and I just feel like there's such a power in being able to create ritual and celebration that makes sense for you and your people whether or not it's spiritual and it doesn't it doesn't actually matter we're talking about energetics you mm. know um spiritual can be a bit of a difficult word for some people i've been finding <laughs> recently but um yeah yeah i've yeah. noticed that but um yeah and on the back of that you know traditions all started from somewhere rituals invocations they all started somewhere um you know they would have a beginning point in human existence so what's stopping you from creating something for you now that you can pass on if you so wish or you can bring your friends and family into if you so wish um you don't necessarily have to celebrate these like commercial christian holidays Mm -hmm. um you can absolutely find something that's going to be more meaningful you meaningful for you at this time of year because not everyone likes Christmas. You know, not mm-hmm. everyone likes the idea of having to go back and see family that perhaps were traumatizing people. Um and um that is that is totally okay. Um you don't have to get excited at this time of year. You don't have to feel alone that oh like everyone's celebrating and I absolutely can't stand this time of year. No, there's going to be people around you that you can find and make community and discuss this and mm-hmm. yeah do what you need to do for you because at the end of the day this is a celebration which originally celebrated or marked the movement of the stars in the sky which was then syncretized with the birth of um, a middle easterner which has now been <laughs> syncretized again with the god of capitalism it's just Mm -hmm. it's transformed time and time again it's so far away from what it was supposed to be so far away that um i would urge you to bin it if you need to bin it Mm -hmm. start fresh it's that time of year (laughs) that time of year throw it out because i'm a new in yeah no 100 percent. look i i do like i do like having you know, sometimes it can actually be really difficult to to find the time to see the people that you love. And I'm not, I'm for me, obviously, that is, my family is a massive part of that, but that isn't true for everybody. Um, and I feel like there is something also in the energy of this time of year, like, you know, even talking about, you know, the ancient or the, or the older um, celebrations that would happen before it looks like it looks now, they're all about um, coming together. And I yeah I just think that's such a nice thing oh my gosh maybe we should see this is like we just haven't arranged our (laughs) lives we need to look into the future because obviously we do that 
and we need to plan <laughs> because we should why didn't we do salsas together babes could have made a nut roast <laughs> oh oh it would have been great solstice. well you know what there's still time let's meet up let's do a solstice um, that's true a Christmas, as um, my mother-in-law calls it. It's pre-Christmas, and, Christmas. Oh, do you know what's so good about this? You're, oh. You've been cooking Christmas dinner since you were nine, so I don't have to do shit. I'll bring some wine. <laughs> bring some wine. See, if I was your mother's child, we would have been going to a restaurant every year. I'd been like, yeah, why wouldn't you just pay someone to do this shit? Great. Feed me. <laughs> Yeah, now I'm very much like, no, I'm, I'm not. This Christmas dinner, I feel like I am going to, yeah, it's it's going to be cooked by someone else. It's not being cooked by me. I'm done. After 2020 and 2021, where three meals a day were cooked, I am all cooked out. I am just like, done. It's so hard. I do not want to be cooking. It's boring. You have to wash up afterwards. It's, it's like, hard no. Hard no. I know. I know. Give me something I can eat out of a. <laughs> I was going to say out of a plastic bag, but then I thought clementines on a cla- in a plastic bag. Give me something in its own <laughs> skin which I can throw onto the ground, and then I eat the thing and don't have to worry about anything else. Oh gosh, you saying about clementines just makes brings me back to your story of like you know when you were a child and your school would give you like a candle and orange and you'd be all like nativity yeah. and shit. And it just made me think, wow, how fucking ghetto was my school? We didn't even get an orange. <laughs> Like, we weren't given anything. <laughs> <laughs> Schools give children oranges and candles at Christmas. Or they feel left out. Yeah. <laughs> Vitamin C and pyromania. <laughs> Two of my favourite things, if I'm honest. Seriously. <laughs> love a candle, love a fire. All right. I think on that, that's a good a place as any to end this week's episode of the Afro Animus podcast. We would love, love, love to know if you've got any solstice or this time of year traditions that you celebrate. Um, mm-hmm. We've got any circles going on? Let us know. We'd be really, we're really interested in knowing. Um, yeah. So grateful to have you here. I've been Jay Percy. And I'm Nicola. Have an amazing holiday season, guys. See you next year. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you, beautiful being of the multiverse, for joining us on the Afro Animist podcast. If you want to get stuck into the conversation, or have a question about anything we speak about here, join our mailing list and find us on our socials. On TikTok and Instagram, find us at the Afro Animist Podcast. On Twitter, you can find us at Afro Animist. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple Music, you can also find this talk on YouTube. Just search for us and we pop up as if by magic. If you're loving what we're talking about here, share, like and subscribe. And remember to leave us a thumbs up or five star rating on your favourite platform.